0: Greetings, friends. It's August 28th, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. It's so good to have you with us as we read together through the Bible and provide a guided tour, pointing out highlights along the way that you won't want to miss. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord and i'm also the producing director of new life fine arts where we have a special outreach through the performing arts presenting theater you can believe in with the gospel at the core we are reading the book of job in the old testament today and in the new testament we are reading paul's second letter to the corinthians in the chapters we read in the book of job today and tomorrow we hear job's final speech to his friends eliphaz bildad and zophar in which he waxes eloquent about our need as human beings to appeal to God for wisdom and understanding, and not just lean on our own limited, distorted perceptions and rationalizations. A good verse to repeat aloud is found in this next chapter. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Let's repeat it. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Now let's get started on today's excursion on our one-year Bible tour. In the book of Job, starting with chapter 28, verse 1, Job continues, where is wisdom? Job 28, verse 1, Surely there is a mine for silver, and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth, and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness, and searches out to the farthest limit the oar in gloom and deep darkness. He opens the shafts in a valley away from where any lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air, far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows and the falcon's eyes has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock, and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, It is not in me, and the sea says, It is not with me. It cannot be bought for gold, and silver cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in the precious onyx or sapphire. Gold and glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where, then, does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and Death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it, and He knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Chapter 29 Job's Summary Defense And Job again took up his discourse and said, O that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in my prime, when the friendship of God was upon my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were all around me, when my steps were washed with butter and the rock poured out for me streams of oil when i went out to the gate of the city when i prepared my seat in the square the young men saw me and withdrew and the aged rose and stood the princes refrained from talking and laid their hand on their mouth the voice of the nobles was hushed and their tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth when the ear heard it called me blessed and when the eye saw it approved because I delivered the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to help him. The blessing of him who was about to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I searched out the cause of him whom I did not know. I broke the fangs of the unrighteous, and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand, my roots spread out to the waters, with the dew all night on my branches, my glory fresh within me, and my bow ever new in my hand. Men listened to me, and waited, and kept silence for my counsel. After I spoke they did not speak again, and my word dropped upon them. They waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouths as for the spring rain. I smiled on them when they had no confidence, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose their way and sat as chief, and I lived like a king among his troops, like one who comforts mourners. Chapter 30 But now they laugh at me, men who are younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock what could i gain from the strength of their hands men whose vigor is gone through want and hard hunger they gnaw the dry ground by night in waste and desolation they pick saltwort and the leaves of bushes and the roots of the broom tree for their food they are driven out from human company they shout after them as after a thief in the gullies of the torrents they must dwell in the holes of the earth and of the rocks Among the bushes they bray, under the nettles they huddle together. A senseless, a nameless brood, they have been whipped out of the land. And now I have become their song, I am a byword to them. They abhor me, they keep aloof from me, they do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me. Because God has loosed my cord and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand the rabble rise. They push away my feet. They cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. They need no one to help them, as through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me. My honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force my garment is disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind you make me ride on it and you toss me about in the roar of the storm for i know that you will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living yet does not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand and in his disaster cry for help did not i weep for him whose day was hard was not my soul grieved for the needy but when i hoped for good evil came and when i waited for light darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil and never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. I go about darkened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I am a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin turns black and falls from me, and my bones burn with heat. My lyre is turned into mourning, and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. And this is the end of today's reading from the Old Testament, the book of Job. And so we come to a lookout point where we can make some observations upon what we have just read. Job is making his final defense to his friends. He recognizes God's sovereign power, but does not understand why this suffering has come into his life. Job gives his personal analysis of the storm he is currently weathering. Quote, he, that is God, decided how hard the wind should blow and how much the rain should fall in Job chapter 28 verse 26 in the New Living Translation Job recognizes that God ultimately rules over all even if his intentions are hidden from our understanding nothing escapes his attention at the end of the chapter we are reminded that it is better to focus on what we do understand instead of what we don't understand the fear of the Lord is true wisdom To forsake evil is real understanding. This is God's wisdom message to mankind. It is echoed in all the wisdom poetry books of the Old Testament, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. But where can wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me, and the sea says, it is not with me in job chapter twenty eight verses twelve through fourteen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs chapter nine, verse ten. What is the fear of the Lord? It is supreme reverence towards God. out of love for God, we respect who He is, what He has done, what He is doing, what He says, and what He wants. Reverential awe inspires our obedience, loyalty, and service. It is not a fear that paralyzes or brings torment. It is a fear that generates a consciousness of His powerful, loving, holy presence. The fear of God conquers all other fears. If you fear God, you need fear nothing or no one else. In Job chapter 29, we see what kind of reputation Job had prior to his trial. He was wealthy, generous, and well-respected. He tried to be as helpful to others as possible. Yet he reports in Job chapter 30 verse 15, My honor has blown away in the wind, and my prosperity has vanished like a cloud. Job complains, quote, You throw me into the whirlwind and destroy me in the storm, end quote. Job chapter 30 verse 22. There are times that we feel like that. However, in Job's case, the storm will not destroy him, but lead him to a place of enlarged understanding and greater blessing. Now let's move on to the New Testament reading for today in Second Corinthians chapter two verses twelve through seventeen, Paul's Second Letter to the Corinthians. Two Corinthians chapter two verses twelve through seventeen: Triumph in Christ. When I came to Troas to preach the Gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there so i took leave of them and went on to macedonia but thanks be to god who in christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are the aroma of christ to god among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one a fragrance from death to death to the other a fragrance from life to life who is sufficient for these things for we are not like so many of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament portion today, from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Now let's take some moments to reflect upon what we have just read. Did you ever have days when you felt that all your plans were going down the drain? Paul experienced some setbacks in ministry, but they did not dampen his victorious spirit. His confidence was not in his planning, his budget, his staff, his finances, or his own abilities. His confidence was in God, who called him, appointed, and anointed him for ministry. God did not promise that our lives would be smooth sailing and that our plans would be executed without a hitch. When Paul and Timothy set out on their missionary journey to Asia Minor, it seemed that their plans were falling apart. God opened doors and then closed them. The Holy Spirit who called them to preach would also forbid them to preach in Acts chapter sixteen, verse six. God opened the door for him to preach at Troas, yet Paul had no rest in his spirit because Titus was not there in second Corinthians chapter two, verse thirteen. I don't think that Paul was using as an excuse the fact that Titus did not show up when expected. I think this unrest that he experienced in his spirit indicates how much we need one another's fellowship in ministry. Paul was very dependent upon his team, and his teammates were dependent upon him, and they were all dependent upon the Lord. It might have looked like Satan had the upper hand in these days. Yet Paul would not let that happen. He remained victorious. He thanked God by faith. He cited the facts about God's perfect victory over Satan at the cross. Notice, Paul was certain God was leading him and that God was actively turning defeat into victory. We minister from a position of victory. Paul uses the image of a Roman victory procession. In the midst of what looks like a possible defeat, Paul declares, But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing, to one the aroma from death to death, to the other an aroma from life to life, and who is adequate for these things second corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 through 16 a roman triumph victory parade was offered to roman generals who were victorious in battle who killed at least five thousand in battle and gained territory for the roman empire the processional would involve the general riding a golden chariot through the city of rome surrounded by his officers in the entourage were the spoils of their battle their captives those prisoners of war who would be taken to the Circus Maximus and forced to fight wild beasts. Priests would release the fragrance of incense on the parade route. Jesus Christ is our greater general who achieved a greater victory defeating Satan. The spoils of his battle is that he has set the captives free. Those who were once in bondage to Satan, sin, and death, we now parade as legal sons in the victory march. Like the priests, we bring the fragrance of Christ It will be appreciated by some and despised by others. It will speak of the greatness of Christ's victory, our new life and liberty in Him. But to non-believers, it will remind them that they are headed for a different destination, the Circus Maximus, facing death with no hope, being fed to the beasts that devour. We rely on Christ's sufficiency. We preach the word of Christ with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Next, we move on in our Bible tour to the book of Psalms. And reading Psalm 42 today will be Andrew Blair. Before he reads, I want to tell a little of Andrew's story. He recently graduated cum laude from Harvard Business School, but his life has been transformed by the Word of God. I want to quote from his written testimony. He writes, quote, I was working with my dad in the family business but with no clear purpose beyond financial success. My life was going its own way until one day it was changed. Anyone who knows me knows that I never carry cash, but on a June day in 2020 I had $11 burning a hole in my pocket. Working on the roof of a strip mall in Worcester, I was surveying my surroundings and my eyes landed on a nearby Dollar Tree store. Everything was a dollar, so why not get eleven things? Walking around the store, I picked up a new toothbrush, some paper plates, but quickly ran out of ideas. Wheeling my cart through the aisles, I came around the corner and found myself staring at a shelf covered with King James Bibles. With barely a conscious thought, I threw it in the cart and left. For days that cheap black Bible sat on my kitchen counter. Repeatedly I walked by and considered what to do with it. To put on a bookshelf to collect dust? Maybe just throw it away? I decided to read it. I've been an avid reader my whole life, but the size 6 font would make for tough reading. Finally, I resolved to read a page a day, 546 pages in all, 546 days of reading, so I began with Genesis chapter 1. It was through reading the Bible that my life was changed. I was converted to Christ before I even got to the New Testament. I did not know it at the time, but it was the beginning of a new life for me. My life now is wholly new. He is the reason for that. I know that I have been given a gift greater than I could deserve. To be rooted in Christ is life-changing for me, because I know I am not alone. I have the Lord to guide me on my way and to look for the answers to the questions that I have. I have His Word to provide me with a wealth of knowledge that I can trust beyond doubt. I thought it was my own purpose and goals that would guide me. Fortunately, it is his word instead. End quote. So now I've invited Andrew to read Psalm 42 as he echoes the heart cry of the psalmist who's thirsting after God.
1: Why are you cast down, O my soul? Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. as with the deadly wound in my bones my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long where is your god why are you cast down O my soul and why are you in turmoil within me hope in god for i shall again praise him my salvation and my god
0: thank you andrew psalm 42 and psalm 43 were probably one psalm originally as in both psalms there's the repeated rhetorical question by which he counsels himself why are you downcast O my soul This is followed by the exhortation to put his hope in God. The psalmist has been experiencing drought-like conditions of the soul, sensing his separation from the presence of God and the fellowship of his people in the house of God. We don't know the specific circumstances, but we know that he's recalling better days when his soul would rejoice in the assembly of God's people. But now he appears to be isolated and confused as he looks upon his life from his present surroundings he recalls different vantage points the mountaintop perspective of the tallest peak of Hermon or Mizpar he needs to recapture hope by reminding himself with the eternal perspective that he will get through this in the end because God is his savior with this in mind he must focus on God and not his circumstances for he is the God of his life his song in the night his loving kindness in the daytime his subterranean stream of joy and therefore the helper of his countenance who lifts his spirit above his mournful soul what about you are you able to tap into your undergirding convictions based on god's word and the witness of the spirit so that deep calls unto deep even when your emotions are overwhelmed or deadened by circumstances or moods praise the rock of your salvation the author and finisher of your faith put your hope in god now moving on to our next stop in our bible reading tour we go to the book of Proverbs. Here is an important call to break free from debt and help others gain their financial freedom. Proverbs 22, verse seven. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. There was a common practice among the Israelites of selling themselves and their children into slavery to pay off their debts. God's will in regard to any kind of slavery is to justly be set free don't get into debt and do all you can to be free of whatever debt you have incurred let's pray together lord you are the one and only the holy one you inspire our devotion love and service thank you for your word we thank you for calling us for appointing us and anointing us for ministry as members of the corporate body of christ you have given to us your son whom you have made head over all things to the church. We trust you to continue to open doors, to provide team members, to equip and guide us in our ministries. Lord, help us to labor from victory rather than for victory, recognizing that you have won the day for us on the cross. Now thanks be to you. We trust that you are leading us in triumph. May your powerful graces be at work in us, in our spirits, souls, and bodies. And may the triumphant procession of your church be calling others out of darkness. May the fragrance of Jesus fill this place. May we put on display your virtues and proclaim your great victory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Once again, I want to thank you for joining with us on our Bible reading journey. And I trust that you have been encouraged and that you will continually encourage your soul to put your hope in God. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow as we continue to read through the book of Job, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and the book of Psalms and Proverbs. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like to know more about New Life and its ministries, you can go to our website, and you can also subscribe there to a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's one-year Bible reading. So until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Shalom.